good luck with the most beautiful game. Do us proud. Red alert! They're up and running again. So smooth, so sweet, splendid, succinct, just glorious execution. Guys, all I'm looking for is 60% effort or 1,000% of the time. How sharp was that? Sharp of mind and body. And that's why you see those beautiful tears. Look at his movements. The most dangerous man on the planet. Nobody picks him up. Hello everyone, welcome back to Wonder Goal, the soccer betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff. Joining me in just a moment are my friends and co-hosts, colleagues, Anthony DeBundo and BJ Cunningham. And together the three of us are going to break down all 10 uh, Premier League matches coming up in uh, over the weekend. Uh, we will also do a quick look ahead to Boxing Day since we won't be able to record again uh, between now and then with uh, the holiday falling falling on a Monday. Uh, we'll also talk a little Syria. Ah, they're the only other European league in action. Uh, and then we'll look about our customary under three-leg underdog parlay. Uh, give out our favorite bets in the Premier League coming up. And then we'll get out of here and leave you guys to Santa Claus and the eggnog and all that. Uh, but before we do... Before we get this party started, uh, a reminder that Wonder Goal is presented by Bet365, and Bet365 doesn't do ordinary. It believes every sport should be epic. Every tournament, every game, every point, every play, from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today with code ACTION, and you'll get $365 in bonus bet when you just bet $1. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. You must be 21 or older. And you must be present in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, or Virginia. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, please call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, and Virginia, or 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Terms uh, and conditions apply. All right, uh, no dancing around it. The headliner for this weekend's Premier League action is a one versus two top of the table clash between Arsenal on 39 points from 17 games. And Liverpool on 38 points, tied with Aston Villa of all teams uh, there, uh, but ahead on goal difference, ahead of the Villains. One loss on the season for Liverpool, five draws, 11 wins, two losses for Arsenal to go along with three draws and 12 wins. All right, and uh, here are the odds from our friends at Bet365. As you'd imagine, pretty tight match is uh, being played at Anfield, plus 137 for the Reds. BJ's Gunners traveling as a plus 180 underdog, and the draw is plus 260. This this match feels like it could, in a weird way, look like uh, what we just saw with Man United and Liverpool. Once one side kind of just dig it in, and and the the caveat is that the Arsenal defense is uh, much better. But I think when you look at how these teams are going to want to play, one team, BJ, your team is going to want to keep things as composed and pragmatic as possible, and then the other team's going to try to get that get Arsenal off script. Uh, so looking at these odds, I actually like Arsenal here. A very rare bet for me uh, on Arsenal. Pretty common going against Liverpool, but... Flabbergasted. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm but, actually shocked by both of you in this match. Why? Why? Well, I mean, what was it, like three or four weeks ago, we all bet... Newcastle at home as a pick'em against Arsenal. They were underdogs, but yeah, go ahead. They it was like a toss-up. I mean, I got I think I got like a plus one hundred five, mm-hmm. and now like you all can't wait to bet Arsenal at Anfield as a pick'em. Well, it's a completely different matchup, right? But like from a relative team strength perspective, that's I mean, fine. It's a completely different matchup. Did we All just right, saw? Well, did we just? Let's, did let's we just, say the case. No, you guys we, go first. You guys make the case. We just saw you. We just saw Liverpool. Like I mean, create were, create two plus expected goals. Shoot thirty one times and yeah. Not now score. they're playing like, a now they're and now they're playing pretty a much better defense. I mean, yeah. look, it, that, that was a pretty terrible United performance. If we're being honest, that's the only way they could have played, right? And they got 
away and with they it. They got out of it. Yeah, that, that's right. What else did you like, it wasn't good process. They got smoked. What, what was the, the good process? Was going there and getting a point. That's in the only yeah, way. That's possible. a good result. That's not yeah. good process. Yes, it is because the process. If they had their full strength team, sure. But the only other way you could play that game is. That's yeah. the only way they could have played it. It wasn't ever. They weren't ever going to. They don't tilt get credit the field. for getting a lucky result. And I, like I don't. I would give really, them. I, I, I give. I absolutely pool. give teams credit for something like that. When you're going, like when you're going there with the the roster that they had. What else? Like what else did you want them I mean, to do? Sure. Yeah. Give them credit for like you know in a vacuum their yeah, passion like, and their desire to get the point, whatever. But like. I don't really think that's necessarily that matters that much here. Like if Arsenal comes in here and sits deep and just like absorbs pressure for 90 minutes, I'll be shocked. Mm-hmm. I don't really think that's their plan. No, they're going to control this match. They're going to try to control the match. And I, they I, are going. No, they are going. And, and look, they tried to do it at Anfield in the spring and they got played Anthony. off the park. Anthony and and yeah, I know they have they have Saliba and now they have Declan Rice and now they're the greatest team that's ever yeah. stepped foot on a soccer field. But yeah. like. BJ, make your case. I want to hear this case, and then I'm going to go into this and, and kind of not necessarily disagree because I haven't bet Liverpool here, but I will disagree with betting Arsenal. So we have seen Liverpool play, I would say, one team at the level of Arsenal this season, and that's Manchester City. And what happened in that match, Anthony? They got outplayed pretty much for the entire match and got bailed out by a Trent Alexander-Arnold strike from outside the box. But... The problem was in that match, and City scored pretty early, and Liverpool essentially had to sit in some type of defensive block because their press just wasn't effective. So they have two choices in this match. They can try and come out and press Arsenal, who's one of the best build-up teams in the world, and I thought did a lot of really good things against Brighton, changed some things around. That gives them a lot more space for Martinelli and Saka to operate. Or Liverpool can just sit in a defensive block, which they haven't been good in, for pretty much, what, the entire Klopp era? Especially this season as well. I mean, against City, they had a passes per defensive action of 17.4. Their press was non-existent against them, and they allowed close to two expected goals. So if they're just going to hand the ball to Arsenal and ask them to break them down, I get it. You're going to tell me how terrible Arsenal's offense has been. But Liverpool hasn't been good in rest defense. Like, if we're comparing defense to defense, Liverpool's been a half expected goal worse per 90 than Arsenal this season. Like, that's a very, very significant thing that is not talked about enough. And for if we flip this and we say, okay, well, what is Liverpool's path to their best success against Arsenal? It's to play very, very direct in this match. What they are pretty when they want to be transitional, they are, I would say, probably the best transition team in the world. But they're also facing the best transition defense in the world here. I saw a stat today that really opened, I was, was perfect for this. Art and, you know, Arsenal against Brighton, their out-of-possession stuff with their pressing and transition defense was basically perfect, I would say. Like, they were incredible against Brighton. This season, tackles, interceptions, and block passes in the opponent's final third. So essentially, what are you doing when you're pressing high? Arsenal has 138. The next closest is Spurs with 112. Like, that's how effective Arsenal has been when they have decided to press high. And... You know, they obviously destroyed Brighton's buildup. We talked about that on the uh, Sunday show. You know, 11 high turnovers, three shots off those high turnovers, which is incredibly impressive. But I don't think Liverpool's faced a transition defense this good yet. And I don't know if they really have a good plan or if they have advantages, really. You know, yeah, they're obviously a better offensive team, but they're not a better build-up team than Arsenal. They're not better defensively. They're definitely not better in rest defense. So I don't really see a scenario in this matchup where Liverpool is the better team. And even though they're at home, they haven't played anybody good at home this season. Like United was probably the best team they've played outside of maybe Brentford. Um, I guess Aston Villa early on in the season. But um, they've won every single match. But they, again, they haven't played the top, top tier competition. So I have Arsenal projected as a favorite. I know that's kind of probably biased. People don't think that's biased, whatever. I don't really care. Um, But I think in this matchup, they are a better team. And I don't think there's really a scenario that Liverpool has out of possession that's going to be successful against Arsenal. So Liverpool played uh, eight matches in Anfield this year. They have a plus 21 goal difference, a plus, excuse me, plus 16 goal difference, 21 goals scored, plus 13 expected goal difference. That's about a goal and a half per game. They have been a league average side away from home. Now, I want to acknowledge that everything we know about this Liverpool team in most of their their two of their you know four biggest games of the season at Newcastle 
at Spurs. They played down a man for the majority of those matches and two men at various points. So any season-long data that we look at with Liverpool is going to have just an inherent skew. And if you just go, you know, Macro Stats has this uh, just non-penalty, just 11 on 11. Take out all penalties and all minutes where somebody was down a man. Liverpool has played the most minutes of non-11 on 11 in the league this year. Liverpool has a plus 0.94 expected goal difference non-penalty per 90. Arsenal was at plus 0.86. Yes, I think if you put a gun to my head and said, who is the better team? I would tell you it's Arsenal by like the smallest of margins just because no. I do trust their defense more. That's without a doubt. But Liverpool makes up for it on the margins by having the best goalkeeper in the Premier League, whereas Raya and Ramsdale have both been below average shot stoppers. I think that matters. Um, and look, like this this thing about Liverpool's defense, and I know there's been a lot of like hand-wringing, they're conceding 1.1 non-penalty XG per 90 in non- 11 on 11, in 11 on 11 situations. And if you look at their defense just kind of as a whole, and you know, some things I talked about with Leverkusen this week, kind of like looking at shot data, they've allowed the fourth fewest shots per 90. They're allowing the sixth uh, longest average shot distance and their XG per shot is uh, sixth lowest. So, and it's uh, only teams that are better are Newcastle, Bournemouth, Everton, and Arsenal. So, like they've been okay. I don't think they've been like a bad defense. Now they will not have it doesn't look Gravenberg is in, in doubt here and so is McAllister. So those are the two things to kind of watch here. I would be worried about Liverpool with a with a defense that's not full strength. But just given how dominant Liverpool's been at home, and given how good they've been in eleven on eleven, I cannot fathom betting Arsenal as a road pick 'em here. I just can't do it. Now if, they're if underdogs. Liverpool I'm not what? They're underdogs. They're but like but well, the market's down now. I mean, like Arsenal is like plus one hundred and seven right now. Most markets on the on the on the draw no bet. That's not good enough for me. I I, I make Liverpool right around minus one hundred and fifteen. Um, so for me, if it gets to one hundred and ten, I'm going to fire Liverpool draw no bet at minus one hundred and ten or better is a bet for me. It has not gotten there yet. There has been some Arsenal money today. Arsenal Liverpool played a rotated team, so they do get a little bit of extra rest here, but. Yeah, I, I, I look. I've said this all year. I, I said that Liverpool had the higher ceiling than Arsenal. I still think that's true. I will back my boys, my Klopp, uh, <laughs> yeah, at home if it's minus one ten or better. I just don't understand how uh, the Arsenal is rated that much better that they're a pick 'em here essentially. So one more, yeah, that's one more thing. I, I think for, matchup, yeah, matchup thing. wise, still it's it's a it's like what what. When has Liverpool struggled this year too? Like pa- the Palace match, they were not good. The even yeah, the Sheffield United home. match, like these are slower, like just slower moving matches, and it's just that's what frustrates them, lulls them to, to an sleep extent. to an extent. Yeah, yeah. that's I think that's part of why money's going to come in. Like, on uh, you could again, and I and I keep going back to this match because it it really burned a hole in my brain that match, and it stuck with me because I don't think these teams are that different. I think Liverpool clearly had. You know, figured some things out by the spring and made their run at the top four that ultimately came up short. Arsenal weren't playing at the same level. Their defense had certainly dropped off. But Arsenal were still controlling games at a decent level. There were just more mistakes. And you saw how little control they were able to keep in that match. And I think that, mm-hmm. you know, it's easy Without to say on paper, play. like, yep. Arsenal can do this. But then when they get on the pitch at Anfield, it, it is a different environment and a different um, setting. So... Uh, yeah, going against Liverpool as a pick at home is, is crazy to me. I wouldn't even do it if Man City was playing. Um, so that's just my take. Again, I know Arsenal's got a very lofty market rating, and I'm going to be betting Arsenal, I think, in the next week or so. We'll talk about that going forward. But um, yeah, I, I can't get there. So Reds are nothing for me. But you guys, good luck to your Gunners. That's going to be fun. I'm so excited for this match as a, as a potential neutral. You're not a neutral. I'm not a neutral. Yeah, I'm not yeah. a neutral. Yeah. <laughs> far, far. Clearly, from you're not neutral. a neutral because you yeah. really, really. I, mean, I know we know you love your Reds, but I know you really, really enjoy watching Arsenal lose, which is fine because I enjoy watching Tottenham lose too. That's I okay. Think we might be doing that this weekend. We, maybe we can both That's watch true. our teams lose together. That's it's true. definitely going to. Yeah, Michael will be only, Michael's team will be the only one that uh, win, actually wins. Wouldn't that be something? Uh, all right, let's Arsenal talk. wins this weekend. We're gonna we're gonna get Arsenal no prices at like even money. Ooh. 
it's the same as it was last year, basically. With the World Cup, it's a little different, but like it, I, we, we had that conversation at this time, basically, last year. Right? Yeah. Now, well, if you were to listen to our preview show, someone gave out to Arsenal to win the league. You know, That's true. So, somebody. Uh, Liverpool's only somebody. one point back, man. I, I still cannot believe they didn't win that match. That was so nauseating to watch. They did what they had uh, to do. Th- 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 there's things we could get into next week about like why that didn't work or, you know, could the Liverpool attack be overrated based off of things we've seen in certain matches. But again, so many, all of their bad games come away from home. When they're at home, they just dominate everybody. It's actually amazing. Um, the only match they didn't dominate at home this year and win the expected goals by at least a goal was the Brentford match when they played the entire backup midfield uh, and struggled um, and still won three nil, by the way. So. Okay, uh, we'll, we'll send Anthony on his way to the Anfield wrap where he's got a, a spot today. Uh, maybe me and BJ will, mm-hmm. will break down this next one without him. Uh, Spurs, minus 134 uh, at home hosting. Best team in the Premier League, perhaps best team of all time. Everton, uh, three to one. And uh, the draw here is plus 320. These odds obviously are coming from our friends at Bet365. Uh, this, this is easy. This one is an easy one to to break down. How can you bet mm-hmm. against Everton right now? Hottest team Especially at this price. Yeah. That since was it since November first, top of the table along them and Villa. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is something here. That's a match I would like to see again. I, I Villa pumped Everton uh, yeah. earlier on this season. Yeah. I would love to see that again. Well, we got a rematch in the cup. We did. It's uh, true. And Everton, and Everton got <laughs> Everton got their revenge. Yeah, they mm-hmm. they sure did. Um, and we'll we'll get them. I got again. my revenge. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it could be pretty quick here. Like, all three of us are going to be yeah. on Everton, eh, hey, hey, Anthony? Yeah. So, who do you think has been Tottenham's most important player this season? I would say Madison or Vandeven, yeah. one of the two. Madison. That, that, uh, I would say. Well, I'm surprised you didn't say Son. Sony. I, I had it planned I, for you guys to say Son, and then I say, oh, contraire. <laughs> I will make the claim that it's Vicario. So okay. I. I uh, first of all, yes, they sold Harry Kane. So like, obviously, Son is the automatic answer that like everybody should probably say, just because you know he does all the attack now. But there's something really interesting uh, that Scott Willis tweeted out. Great follow, especially if you're an Arsenal fan. He does some good stuff with the Gunners, uh, breaking them down. Fan of them. He tweeted a, a chart, and it was basically just like comparing Tottenham this season to last season, only counting the fixtures they've already played. So their matches. All you know, seventeen they played so far. The seventeen they played in those exact corresponding fixtures last year. They have nine more points at this point now than they did last year. Their expected goals are right around where they were last year. Now you sell Harry Kane and your expected goals go up by a, a tick. That's impressive. That's a credit to Ange and how they're playing. Yada yada. They scored three more goals. So you know, fine. Net net, about the same. We'd all agree. Tottenham's attack is clearly better this year. They're playing differently. Whatever. The interesting thing is how much the defense has changed. Last season, in these 17 corresponding matches, they conceded 21 expected goals. This year, they have conceded 28 expected goals. So seven more expected goals. You'd expect them to have conceded seven more goals this year than they did last year. Well, Lloris was so bad, and they ran so bad defensively, and Vicario is so good, and they ran better, that they've actually conceded eight fewer goals this year than they have than they did last year, despite conceding six extra expected goals. So, you know, Vicario, by the post-shot XG metrics at FBref, has actually been the best goalie in the league this year. Five goals he saved himself over expected, and then, you know, the rest is, is variance. But, and, you know, other teams missing shots. Cough, cough, Man United. But, mm-hmm. like, they are not still a great team. And I know they had a good showing at Forest. They pretty much dominated that match until the red card. Like, they were in control at all points. I think I had more to say with Forrest and Spurs, but now they get an Everton team, which is allowing the lowest XG per shot, bottom five number of shots, completely dominated Fulham. I know they went out of the cup because like soccer, own goals and whatever, mm-hmm. dominated Fulham at home and an Everton team that I think the market is still catching up to. Spurs took, Everton took money early in the week. Now Spurs are taking money later in the week and they're not going to have Basuma or, or Doggy. Uh, and the deputies for those players are just not as good. Like Oliver Skip and Pierre Emil Hoiberg are not great fits in this Ange system. Uh, like Ben Davis going to go back to left back. 
or are they going to like, I don't know what the solution is there. So there's some real questions about the Spurs team. And uh, yeah, Everton was a half in money line for me. Do you remember uh, Vicario in the opener against Brentford too? He was an absolute adventure. Oh yeah. He's, so he was playing crazy passes, yeah. making absurd yeah. saves. No, the, the, the best Vicario was the Chelsea game. Yeah. Like they were playing a nine man and he was literally like sweeping 40 sweeper, yards from goal and yep. then like diving on balls. And I love him. Uh, he's awesome. I mean, he's incredible. What a, I mean, credit to Spurs, you know, finding a guy out of Empoli that like nobody was like really hyping is the next big thing. Well, you know, like everybody wanted David, uh, David Raya, who's been like fine. Um, Brentford miss him for sure, but Arsenal haven't necessarily benefited. So yeah, I like Everton. Just thought that was interesting, just like how much Tottenham's changed and their defensive numbers are bad. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think Spurs can be had here. Everton's 5-1-1 one, and one, um, in their last seven since uh, November the 1st. Like I said, them and Villa are at the top, but Everton uh, with the better uh, goal differential there. Um, it's, it's just been truly impressive. And when you think about that one, what that one loss was, was... You know the 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 game after the uh, the deduction was handed out three minutes later, Garnacho bicycle kick and things just got they were really the better weird. team. And they were, yeah, they they. Uh, so it could look even prettier than that. Um, they played tomorrow. Everton's like plus one fifteen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's crazy. Um, I'm still trying they to wrap my head around it. Um, yeah, not since David Moyes, man. Have, have I been this just this have I felt this warm about an Everton team? Scottish Scottish managers at Goodison Park, something about uh BJ, uh Spurs and Toffees. Yeah, let's make it three to three. Uh I think the biggest problem that Tottenham is gonna have in this match is just defending and transitioning against Everton because you know, me and Anthony talked about this on our Monday show about just how good Everton has been out of possession because of their ability to play two different styles. They, if they feel like they can come out and disrupt build-up play and press teams high, they can do it and they can do it effectively. Or if they want to sit in some type of low defensive block, they've been really good at doing that too. Uh, you'll like this, Michael. Last season under Deitch, they had to be aggressive, try to get out of the relegation fights. Under Deitch, they allowed 1.7 non-penalty XG per 90 minutes. We kept talking about how bad the defense was, about how the offense was improving. This season, haven't had to play as aggressive, been able to sit in that low defensive block, only allowing 1.1 non-penalty XG per 90 minutes, and only allowed six big scoring chances that's tied for fewest in the Premier League with Arsenal. That's how good their defense has been. And really in this match, with Tottenham building on a 2-3-5, that leaves a lot of space out wide when they do lose the ball. And that's exactly where Everton creates all their chances. They just get the ball out wide, and they've sent in the most crosses of anybody in the Premier League. So great matchup here for Everton. Tottenham, you know, decent showing against Forest, but again, can you really say Tottenham's a good team at breaking down low blocks? They're not bad, but they're just kind of average at doing it. So facing a really good low block like Everton, I mean, it's a great matchup here for for the Toffees. Yeah, I think the the one um, push back you can make on us here is that that the, that Everton did go for it in the EFL Cup in in a in the midweek. So you yeah. can say that uh, it was on Tuesday. I mean, they got yeah, they got plenty yeah. of time to rest. Um, okay, on to Villa, uh, Red Hot Villa, minus 500. Ugh. This is great. It tells you a couple of things. One, Villa, very good. Two, Sheffield United, 12 to 1, very bad. Uh, draw is yeah, groundbreaking uh, six, stuff on the six, one to go podcast. Six to one. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's fun. Can't get, can't get that love, anywhere else. You, it's great to see, uh, you know, that it, every year we get a, uh, a, a team that starts to, dealt numbers that you just didn't think were coming um in the beginning of the season and i would say villa is a minus 500 favorite at home uh in december uh it's probably one of those numbers but uh full value uh unai emery's villa i i mean there's very little to get into here i i believe but uh i'll kick it over to you anthony well the thing you could squint and say is that villa only really have one player who's designed to defend and win the ball. And it's Kamara. And he's suspended. He got a red card in the melee with Mape at the end of the match. Uh, hilarious. 
and at the Brentford match. Uh, but, you know, regardless of whatever you think of that, he's out and that doesn't matter. Uh, and Pau Torres is out as well. And he's their best ball playing center back. So, you know, you start to squint a little and you can like maybe make the case that Villa's overvalued here, but like, you really want to bet Sheffield? No. <laughs> like, it's like last week. It's like, well, if the number got high enough, you'd think about it, right? You'd have to. Uh, and then Chelsea got to two. And so Chelsea, like, Chelsea played though. really bad for most of the match and still won 2 0. Phil is so much better than Chelsea, though. That's I'm the problem. not too certain that they're so much better than Chelsea, but certainly when it comes to creating chances against lower defensive blocks, I trust Villa more. Uh, Villa is much more likely to give one back than Chelsea is, right? Like Sheffield, but like the the, the time to potentially play against Villa is coming in a week. I mean, granted, last Sunday was the time and Ben Mee's dumb red card cost us a win because that was going to be a routine yeah. one for the bees. Classic Brentford spot. Brentford was the better team for the first hour and a half or hour and 15 and then red card collapse just like that. Um, but this one, I mean, kind of smart by Kamara, right? To get the was it a straight red or was it a second yellow? Uh, I believe it was straight, straight red. Okay, so not smart because now he's going to miss multiple matches. He should have gotten like two yellows, taken a suspension, like, and then you know you miss the Sheffield match. Nobody cares because like not having him will matter for this defense, which is already not great. But uh, no, thank you on Sheffield. I'll pass. <laughs> Maybe maybe uh, you're not even gonna do a money line shot, Leboff. I don't know. It could like, yeah. I, who knows? <laughs> Should have said we'll, anything. Yeah, no. We'll we'll get there. Like we'll, when we get closer to the game, it's just I can't. It's hard to make an argument for them at this point. Yeah, twenty to they're, one they're, is a good argument. Oh, yeah, exactly. Right. Like it, twenty it, to one. <laughs> no, if they get they're, there, they're like fifteen to one right now. So yeah. they maybe got. We'll get there. They already had their new manager, old new manager, bounce game against Brentford. Yeah. Uh, you'll probably see me. On I'm also going to be. Who's chef? They have Luton next week, don't they? Yeah, yeah. That's gonna be the best man. matches. Yeah, I know. Those will be the best matches of the Premier League season. The fact they haven't played yet is so fun. Oh, I the fact that Sheffield yeah. is favored on any field against any other Premier League team. <laughs> I looked at the look ahead line. They they go to City then too. Like, when when uh, are we getting a? Is, is, I, is, I feel like Sheffield exclusively plays teams in the top eight. It it, it really Sheffield goes to City. They're catching three, right? <sighs> They should be. They really should. Yeah. Be. All right. Especially if Holland and De Bruyne are back, which I mean, by then they should be. Let's just move on because this next should be, is a should lot be more three. interesting. I wouldn't uh, even. I wouldn't even take two and a half. West Ham and United. It's a pick 'em plus one sixty. It's a pick 'em on the three way line. I should say. It's, uh, West Ham's plus one sixty. United plus one sixty two on the road. Uh, the draw here is plus uh, two sixty. Uh, would it be fair to say these are the two teams that we've scrutinized the most? Uh, Fulham, probably in there, on the podium as well. Um, and now they mm-hmm. face off. I'm going to have a hard time not betting Manchester United here. <laughs> oh, man. West Ham is not good. They're terrible. BJ, where do you have this line projected? I think I'm West Ham I think I have, I'm pretty sure I have United just ever so slightly favored here on the yeah, road. Yeah, me too. I believe. These are... I can't uh, like the, like, like the over here, though. It's, it's seven versus eight in the table, which is astonishing. It is. That's. I, I looked today, and I was like, I was doing something about, uh, I can't remember what it was, but like teams facing teams in the top nine, and I was shocked to see the West Ham just sitting there. Yeah, I mean, inside if, the top if, nine. if results break their way, West Ham could finish... Uh, the like the festive fixtures <laughs> like a european spot it's back in the conference league yeah this is this is something else i i do think i do think this is a fine time to bet united though like they're even decimated i i would assume that west ham has enough mistakes in them to get punished here <sighs> nobody wants to join also- me yeah, I do like kind of like the over in this match. You know, this has potential to be a you know basketball back and forth type match with two teams that have to be transitional. It's going to be very big game state dependent though. Essentially, once for the first goal goes in, and either team has to play more aggressive, uh, this thing could get a little bit out of hand. I do project three point three goals for this match. I mean, 
I don't even know with United anymore, but like this is like one of the matches they have a good chance, I believe, uh, at causing some problems. You know, West Ham has been very bad defensively, but, you know, Bowen and Kudus have been pretty threatening on the counter um, for what, you know, for how bad their defense has been. So I think this would be a good time to back and over. You know, if you can get three at any plus money, I think that's good enough. Yeah, I mean, at some point we got to buy low on these defenses, right? I mean, they can't possibly both be bottom five in the league, but uh, they're going to need to get some change in players or personnel or tactics. And for me with West Ham, I agree. Like they did still look open against Wolves. It just came down to like Wolves never uh, finding the right pass. It wasn't like they West Ham completely shut them down um, in that match. And I think that West Ham's attack with a healthy Bowen, Paqueta, and Kudis is like still very viable. Um, and, and in fact, better than what they had last year, just because Antonio's injury has kind of been addition by subtraction in a way. So, and Bowen's got 10 goals as, as like a central striker essentially for them. Like that's pretty good return. Uh, yeah, I, you know, West Ham does no pressing. And if you look at the games where United has generally played pretty well, uh, it's against teams that will just let you have the ball and not disrupt your passing and uh, you know I know that some of these matchups are like the worst teams in the league but like Palace is down there they played pretty well against them Um, Fulham they had a lot of chances to get into the final third I know they ended up creating very little in that match but like they had a lot of opportunities to create on the break Uh, and then you know Forest and then obviously Luton Town and Sheffield are down there so, you know, in theory, it's not a terrible matchup for United because their biggest problem right now is they don't have midfielders that can pass consistently under pressure. And they're just not going to have that problem here. It's going to be free reign, which means Scotty's going to get forward. Um, maybe Rasmund Hoyland will ever will score a Premier League goal at some point in his career. Um, yeah, it, it's hard to fathom an under, even though I do think that, like, ultimately there's going to become a point where we have to buy these defenses at the, at the floor. Cool. Yeah. Uh- it should be a fun one. Both these teams are, they're in a weird way, been mirror images of each other, uh, coming from very different uh, starting points uh, of late. 4-1-2 and two in their last 10, excuse me, in their last 7, win, draw, loss. Uh, West Ham has been a really high event team <laughs> in that span. United has been a low event team uh, in terms of actual goals, which I don't think is what you'd expect, but... Uh, you, Anthony, you said you were really excited for Liverpool Arsenal. I'm really excited for this one. Um, <laughs> on to Fulham and Burnley next. Uh, the Cottagers odds on at home minus 143. Hate. Burnley traveling as a four to one underdog and a two, uh, draw would pay plus 275. I hate this match. It's uh, I really do. All right, go on. I don't want to bet Burnley at all. I think they're you, terrible. I think they're probably getting relegated. Their style of play probably. just doesn't work. They definitely are. <laughs> yeah. Um, they have not beaten Morrison a team. Dangerously close to that mix. Yeah. they have. Uh, Burnley has not beaten a established Premier League team. Their only two wins have come against Luton and Sheffield United. Um, Fulham's terrible. Like, they're not terrible. not terrible. They're just better than what the market thinks they are. Um even if Burnley gets to plus one, I, I cannot bet on this team. They just, Fulham's actually decent at coming out and pressing when they need to. Burnley can't build up. They're not good in transition defense. Like, this sets up pretty well for Fulham, but there's no way you can lay minus 150 right now with Fulham. Like, it's just, it's a pass for me. I know you two are going to make the case for Burnley. At some uh, point, I not having that. a striker has to matter. You think? Now they got one. They don't. He's suspended, though. Raul? He's out now. Is he? He got a red card for, like, I don't That's even right, know what yeah. that was. Yeah, yeah. He, he's out, like, and he missed the League Cup match, and guess what? They took one shot from inside the penalty area <laughs> in 90 minutes against Everton. So, like... Yeah, and I, I actually think that game also, like, could, you could push back a little on that game, too, here. Like, I feel like it matters that it's a shortened week for them. Under? <sighs> Burnley. Under, BJ? Hmm. If there were ever to be one, if what you ever want right if you can stomach an under in this league right now, I know Fulham have been a truck at home. They scored 110 goals their last five home yeah. matches. Yeah. Um. How? What is? What is the total rate? It, it's is extremely straight, is it straight. Is it straight two and a half? Believe so. Hold on. 
two. I have two, two and a half plus six. money. Two and a half plus have, money. Okay, I have two point six goals projected for this match. But yeah, if there was ever an under, it'd be this one. The problem is, there actually really isn't a problem because if Fulham scores first, then they're just going to hand the ball to Burnley and dare him to break him down, which Burnley's not going to be able to do. Um, yeah, I'm passing. I'm just hey. Look, Fulham, Ever- Fulham Everton in the League Cup closed two and a quarter without Raul. And, like, the under was the right side all the way. It ended 1-1, but, like, there was, like, 1.7 XG. Like, Everton scored late. There was an own goal. Two and a half. I know in this modern Premier League, like, everything goes over. But, like, we're, st- we're still running, like, 60% overs. But why is this not two and a quarter? His offense is they're, terrible. They're afraid, of, they're afraid of they're afraid of William. Uh, I think I'm I think I've just like talked myself into an over that I wasn't planning to originally or an under that I wasn't originally planning to that. <laughs> that's I've always never that's, always, well. that's <laughs> always a good thing. Yeah. I, I, I but I do think what Anthony what you're saying like I I don't think the margins here are all that wide when you compared to what these I odds mean, are yeah. telling you. It's, Fulham it's, closed minus one seventy against Sheffield, pretty close to fully healthy. Yeah, Burnley's a tick or two ticks better than that. So yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, Burnley are nothing here. I'm not I'm not laying it with Fulham, but hey, and they've got two. Uh, they they've only lost two of their last four at Burnley. So it's true. They got to draw the, against. They got to draw against Brighton. Here comes the run. Uh, all right. I also heard during the uh, the Burnley Everton match that their keeper James Trafford has touched the ball more than any other keeper in the Premier League this season, which is maybe not a stat you want. Ah, uh, that's like when when hockey players are when when uh, announcers big up hockey players for blocking shots. You're like, well, that means that he's on the ice for a lot of shots again. <laughs> um, all right, Burnley nineteenth in expected threat. 20th in crosses, 16th in box entry conversion rate, and Fulham's attack is 20th in box entry conversion rate, 16th in expected threat. Yeah, Fulham's not good. Like they're not good. So they're not I, good. and, and, and Fulham is 15th in non-penalty XG after after this like insane run they just yep. went on. Yeah. So all right, good. We're all on Burnley. Under? I'll I'll see you guys there. Under two. I'm on under two and a half. I'll see you. Uh, well, we have. I think there's honestly. I think there's a way better spot to to fade Fulham in, and we'll talk about it when we do our look ahead for Boxing Day. Uh, all right, Luton Town, Luton Town, and, Luton Town mm-hmm. and, and uh, Newcastle next. Uh, if not much to say here. Uh, Luton plus three seventy five at home. Newcastle minus one sixty three uh, on the road. Uh, and if you want to bet a draw in this match. Uh, Man, oh gosh, God, man. you might be the only person on the planet doing so. Uh, that's plus 350. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, this, this, I, I, BJ, I thought when, when I was thinking about this match, and, and I, I was like, oh, it's going to be a tough one to talk about. The only thing I could come up with in my head was just betting Newcastle to do the heavy lifting towards an over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you could... You could definitely talk me into. I'm mean, probably going to end up betting a Newcastle team total, uh, probably over two and a half. But over two and a half, there's still a minus 125 out there, um, which I think is too low. Um, you know, first off, you know what happened to Tom Locklear was obviously terrible, and hope that he ends up being okay. Um, but the the bigger point is that well, obviously it's okay, but he was like the shoestring that was like holding this Luton Town defense up, and now he's not there. And this is a defense that, you know, I mentioned before the Bournemouth match, they obviously didn't finish it. But in their nine matches previously, they did play a lot of the big teams, which Newcastle is one of them, or is a big team. Luton Town had allowed 25.3 expected goals and 19 big scoring chances. Playing teams inside the top nine, they've allowed 17.8 big, uh, expected goals in nine matches. So... Now they run into the problem that a lot of these teams in the bottom half of the table run into against Newcastle, which is why Newcastle's so good in these type of scenarios, is Luton going to send the ball long from goal kicks. They are going to evade Newcastle's press. They're not going to try to build out against it, which ends up playing great in Newcastle's hands because then you can play a transition back and forth type match with one of the best transition teams in the Premier League. So it's a, it's a very, very terrible matchup here for Luton Town who... Hasn't been good in rest defense. Like they press high occasionally, but that's not really going to matter here. Like even if they 
hand the ball to Newcastle and say, hey, Newcastle, break us down. Like Newcastle's probably going to be able to do it because Luton Town's that bad in their in their rest defense. But you know, Newcastle's been getting been getting healthier defensively, but they have been shaky away from home. Like they've been really, really good at St. James Park, like insanely good. They've basically gotten no points away from home, and their defense is a big reason why because they're allowing one point eight five expected goals per ninety minutes away from St. James Park. So. I think this has a, a potential for, again, another basketball-type match. I had to double-check my projections, but I projected 4.1 calls for this match because of how bad Luton's defense has been. <laughs> not that crazy. And, I know. and it's really not it's, that crazy. It's, so it's, funny. I, I, it it's just funny to hear. I, it yeah. is, but also this is the number one offense in the Premier League by non-penalty expected goals. That's what I was going to say. Yep. Yeah, Luton, so, if you add up just 11 on 11 minutes, XG and XGA. Like, so who's played the highest event matches in the league this year? It's not Liverpool. It's Newcastle. A lot of it is yep. they've had a lot of really bad defensive outliers. They've had a lot of really bad attacking outliers. But like their games get crazy sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, like they were closing, uh, you know, three against Sheffield. So why is this all the way down to two and a half? Mm-hmm. Like, what's reasonably changed when they went to Sheffield versus when they're going to Luton right now? I also might just lay it with Newcastle as well. Um, Let's see if, you know, the, the price is rising. Um, but, you know, if you compare some of the teams that have gone to Luton Town, where, like, Arsenal and Liverpool are laying almost, like, two goals against them, and now you're getting Newcastle. Tottenham, Tottenham was minus yeah. 40. Yeah, Tottenham was, yeah, it's like now we're getting, like, minus 150, minus 160 of Newcastle. Like, that's, that's pretty low. So uh, I might just... Lay with Newcastle. Maybe you can play some alts. Um, but yeah, it's this is, has the makings of like a Newcastle absolute blowout. R- rolling over my Newcastle Fulham alt winnings into Newcastle. Yeah. How about another Newcastle alt? alt? I mean, I'm yeah. just in full disagreement with the market on the strength of Newcastle. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm less inclined to go against those numbers when they're on the road. But like, I don't know who their next home match is, but I'm guessing we're going to get a really good price just based on what I've seen. It is uh, Sheffield or Nottingham Forest, who we'll get to in a second under oh, a new manager. Oh, no, maybe not. They're probably like and, minus 250 in that game, right? They are minus. They were minus 225, but they've risen up to about minus 240 range, minus 245 range today. Well, they, so. you know, Forest got the new manager uh, downgrade for hiring Nuno. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, we'll get there next, actually. Forest. Uh, yeah, I'm man. betting them. I'll say it. They're uh, they're plus 175 uh, in Nuno's uh, debut here, hosting Bournemouth uh, plus 155. The draw is plus 240. We had a feeling that the 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 Bournemouth numbers would start to get a little too uh, expensive. Anthony thinks it's coming, um, but I, I do want to just tip our cap to Steve Cooper on a job well done. Uh, gets Forrest back up, keeps him up. Mm-hmm. What did uh, he do? Uh, he kept the team kept up, up. Kept the team. He got him up and kept him up. That's not we got a couple. We we bet them as underdogs yeah, like every right. single week and don't don't win. Um, he's drawn us in. Like the only thing Steve Cooper ever did for me was was cash, and when he beat Crystal Palace one nil, yeah. back way, way back in exactly. December. So it, it, I don't understand why you why, why you what you what you're questioning, and then he he, uh, he clinched the two hundred to one for us. Yeah, this did. is a the closing. Uh, this is a, an absolute rafters to name the uh, number to the rafters moment uh, on. On, on Wonder Goal. Uh, f- yeah, I, I, I kind of tend to agree with you here, Anthony. I didn't, I guess I can listen to your argument. Um, I would much rather bet Forrest here than Bournemouth as a favorite on the road. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I just think that, like, I have clearly upgraded Bournemouth and I've been high on Bournemouth all year. I've also been generally higher than the market on this Forrest team. I wonder how much of their recent struggles with it, they were just sick and dumb with Steve Cooper. And how much do we now get just like an energy bounce? A, a motivation bounce. And I think that is very real until the players realize that like Nuno is like uh, the mirrored version of what Steve Cooper was doing. And that it's not really going to make this team any better because they don't really have a striker. Um, they lost Taiwo for it looks like the year now, and they're just not really that good without him. I mean, uh, Taiwo's out till March, so maybe they get him back. Um, they also should get Sangare back here. So that's one to watch, but yeah, I mean, this Forest team, like, extremely passive, out of possession, attack and transition with, like, three players, and hope you score. And that's not a terrible strategy if the attackers are really good. 
But Forrest, you know, they're not getting any striker production. And thus, you know, uh, even despite that, you know, like they played Wolves pretty even. They played Everton pretty even. They played Brighton pretty even. They played West Ham pretty even. So, like, they've been running bad. And it's been shot-stopping. It's been a various other things. But, like, they've run pretty bad to get here. And Bournemouth, you know, we're kind of just, like, at the top of the market on this team, laying a full goal to Luton. Uh, and now uh, a pick them on the road against Forest. Like, at the beginning of the season, Bournemouth had the same relegation odds as Forest. I've upgraded Bournemouth. I haven't changed Forest much. But, like, it seems like we're at the top. So... Uh, yeah, going to be the trees for me. Not a huge play. Nothing I'm like dying to run to the to the sports book to bet, but uh, I do like the trees at home. Uh, all right, we'll close out the uh, pre Boxing Day segment with Wolves and Chelsea. Uh, Wolverhampton plus two sixty at the Molyneux. Chelsea traveling as an odds on road favorite minus one hundred six, and a draw is plus two seventy five uh, for this one. <sighs> Yeah, like, I don't know. I, back. I, I, we got to do it, right? They you think just... match day squad potentially potentially start based on what the commentary has been from Mr. O'Neill. Wolves team total? Wolves team total. Wolves are back. Just I like Wolves plus a half here. I, I you know, Chelsea had an okay showing in the midweek against Newcastle. They played down a man, or they played down a goal most of the match and created one expected goal against the Newcastle team that we just got done talking about how bad they've been defensively away from home. And I think when you play a team with good attacking players on the break and like a pretty healthy midfield now, they went through a period with suspensions and injuries that they weren't at their best. At home catching a half, I think Chelsea remains overvalued. Thus, I'll back our Wolves again, as I like to do a lot. And Neto coming back off the bench is just so important. I think, you know, psychologically, but like also just as a player, he is by far their best ball carrier, and that's going to matter a lot. The thing with Chelsea is that their defense has really taken a slide. And uh, I know they had a dominant showing against Sheffield, but like that doesn't really count. Um, their defense has fallen off. And that was the thing that I was most surprised about. Like their attack's been mostly fine, creating chances on the break, fine. Their expected goals allowed are much higher than you'd think. Where do you think Chelsea ranks XG allowed this year? I saw they were fifth. Uh, ninth? Ninth. Yeah, like mid-table. Yeah. Kind of wild. Uh, and you wouldn't expect that given the personnel and given how good they are defensively off the ball pressing. And yet they're ninth. So I think that uh, that's alarming. And I think that makes them vulnerable. So give me, give me the Wolves. Bad transition defense. Yeah, really bad. Mm-hmm. Even if you take out uh, and you just go non-penalty... Uh, and you go just 11 on 11 all game states, they're still eighth. So it's really not like there's been some skew from penalties because they've conceded a few of those, but like, nope, just not great. Okay, uh, let's talk Boxing Day real quick. We'll just do a, a, a an overview, touch on some some uh, angles we like. Um, five matches on the 26th, three on the 27th, uh, and then again on the 28th, uh, one more. So... Well, we're gonna we're gonna do a Wednesday episode coming out of the holiday, so we're gonna talk go a little more in depth on the Thursday matches. Then Brighton, Tottenham, Arsenal, West Ham. So yeah. all right, so we'll stick to twenty sixth and the twenty seventh. Oh, man. First up, we got to talk about Villa and United. I just talked about <laughs> how I think I want to bet. Uh, I want to bet United uh, against uh, West Ham. I do not want to bet them in this spot as a favorite at home. Plus one forty, oh, hosting man. Villa. Uh, plus two hundred. This is a, a Boxing Day, three p.m. kickoff Eastern Time. You got You got to be betting Villa here, Anthony. You just. I. I don't think he is. Come on. Yeah, I put the game in the dock because I want to talk about it. I don't really want to bet United. <laughs> I don't actually want to do it. Like okay, it it you could you could talk to me about the the Villa road splits all you want. United home field advantage is not an advantage this season. It's just so toxic there. Like it's everybody not, beats them there. Every, they don't win at Old Trafford. Yeah, I mean they don't win any. Well, they do. They and they do, get draws at Anfield, which apparently is the biggest fortress I've ever we've ever seen. According we're, to you, we're going to find out on Saturday, aren't we? Yeah. No, I, I, nobody wins there. No. I wish the market would downgrade this team. So I could just that's, bet them one time as like a dog at home. But that's what I'm talking about here. Like this they're is a like, favorite. So no, I can't. Yeah. Like I think they should be a slight underdog. 
<laughs> if they were if they were a, a plus money draw no bet here, I'd take them. But I got to lay juice. No way. It's just crazy to me. I, I don't understand. I'll never understand. It's not like they're healthy and all these really talented players are underperforming. And you could say, well, you know, we have historical baselines for Marcus Rashford. We know how good he is. We know how good Bruno Fernandez is. We know how good Casemiro is. Uh, we know how good Lissandro Martinez is. Like, none of these dudes are playing. Fernandez, <laughs> but like they're not even playing. So like, wh- like who 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 is supposed to inspire me? Ka- Kabi Menu, um, like uh, Scott McTominay and Amrabat. Like we loved Amrabat in Morocco. We loved Amrabat at Fiorentina. To me, like he doesn't strike me as like a game changing Premier League level player. No. Uh, so like, wh- what am I missing here? He's like a squad player. That's their midfield. I, I mean, Bruno is a good player. Yes. Bruno is the one player that would scare me in this matchup because if he can pick one or two balls over the top against this Villa team that doesn't press for shit and gives you time on the ball, which is all United can't create for themselves, but when they're given it, they have some, they have enough attacking talent to make you pay. Like that's the matchup I like here. I like the fact that like, oh, they're just going to let Bruno do his thing. And then he's going to ping balls to Rashford, ping balls to Hoyland, uh, get Garnacho in space. Um, but it's crazy, man. Their defense is so bad that you just can't trust them. So, number's not good enough for me. I really want to okay. bet United one, just one time. I want to do it with me it in the app. Him. Like, there's, there's a lot of teams I hate him. and tend to bet against way more often. But, like, it was so fun betting Bayern against United, like betting Bayern against Wolfsburg today. I was like, this is so much more fun watching the good teams and rooting for them. I want to do it's... that. I want to, and I want to do the opposite. Like, I want to bet on. United and win to, like you know BJ got his one win and it had to be like the best win yeah. of the season. No, yeah, I, I, I'm never, I'm never going to bet them again. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> they, they're going to be catching a goal at Chelsea at this rate, so maybe we'll get a chance. I know. I had That'll this conversation with my with my friend Irish Paul today watching the darts because uh, the favorites just absolutely demolished for the first twenty matches and nineteen and one, and then we bet a favorite uh, today. And we were just talking about how wonderful it was. It just how great it was just to watch a good team play good or a good darts player throw good. Uh, okay, we'll we'll save the darts talk uh, for for after Boxing Day when we get uh, to the pointy pointy end of uh, the World Championship. Uh, mm-hmm. Bournemouth and Fulham. Uh, let's talk about them next. Yeah, BJ. You, oh, why you isn't this. why isn't uh, Bournemouth a bigger favorite? Why are they like? I told you the Fulham. market likes this Fulham team. Look at all the lines they we've gotten. They know, really like crazy. Fulham. The market thinks the Fulham is much better than we do. They were yep. they, they they closed like pretty solidly respected at Newcastle, despite you know the line never moved. They closed pretty solidly respectful at Everton. They're they're getting market respect this week at Burnley. Like, yeah, I don't get it. Um, We've already been through the Fulham song and dance like a hundred times. I don't need to rehash that. Um, obviously, Bournemouth is improving. This is a match where they'll probably hold a lot of possession. But like, I have Bournemouth at like plus one ten, which Same. I think is plus one twenty. Right? Yeah. So Fulham's getting too much market respect. It's going to be. By the way, if which you know, all signs are pointing to it. If Paulinho leaves in January, then it's going to get really fun. Is he going to Bayern Fulham. finally? It sounds like it. There's I'm intrigued there's, by that. There's been there's there's been floated some Arsenal and Manchester United talk there around there, but uh, I think it's Bayern or nothing at this point, um, which would be great for Bayern. But we'll save that for the Champions League episodes. But yeah, this is Barca should sign with, in. with how much Bournemouth has been improving, and how crazy this like run that Fulham has been on, and like you can even. Like they were terrible, like Anthony mentioned, they were terrible against Everton in the League Cup. Like they got a red card against Newcastle, so you can maybe put an asterisk next to that, but I thought Newcastle was outplaying them for the first 20 minutes to begin with anyway. Um, like they're the only thing that they've done is essentially two five no wins against the low block teams and West Ham and Nottingham Forest. Like outside of that, where's the like really, really dominant performance outside of beating like Sheffield or like Ludentown? Like there really isn't one for Fulham. So yeah, they're still not going to have, uh, well, Jimenez will still be off this match. Yeah, we third match. So um, still no striker on the road against a Bournemouth team that is surging. Don't understand why Bournemouth is only like plus 140. Okay, uh, we'll continue to jump around. Uh, Everton and uh, 
Palace. Yeah. This yeah. is those are the two dogs. This is Everton. interesting. So so Everton's playing Man City at home. Everton's plus four fifty. City's minus one sixty seven. Uh City is coming can... home from the Club World Cup. Yeah. Well, the, que- the question is like, okay, Kevin De Bruyne has been training. He's not. Erling, yeah. er- Erling not. Holland should be back. Yeah. Doku's back. Doku's back. Like this city team, this is the time, right? Like they got right. the little oh, break here. They're not going to play Brentford this weekend. They have to make that up in in April. But right, this is the moment. We're like, this is when it, it sounds almost, now, it sounds almost too money. neat. You know, it almost sounds too neat just to do it, like because it's the the the, the, fi- the fixture list is about to flip. But it does feel yeah. like every year, right around this time, they just we we take a deep breath and we look up in there like eleven wins out of 12 with a draw and however yeah like just from a betting perspective first of all this number in this fixture last year was <laughs> doubled i think uh yeah which just tells you how far this everton roster or this everton team has come uh everton outplayed wasn't that the match like they were plus one and a half they outplayed them and then lost like three no do I remember that right? Uh, they've had a couple really close ones with them, and and not they've all blurred well, together. Was the famous offsides decision. There, there was the the handball. There was a handball. Yeah, and yeah. then hold on, uh, I'm trying to find the map. But they played well against them, even under Lampard. Like they they've done a decent job against City. Uh, they had a draw. Did they draw them last year? Um, I think they did at the Etihad, right? Yeah, one, one. Think yeah that was the too. luck box one. But then they played yeah. again. Yeah, I'm telling you, they did. Oh yeah, Everton. Away. So they yeah they soccer's the best sport. So they played in December 31st, New Year's Eve. I remember this match. Everton had 0.1 XG and scored a late goal to tie 1-1. I think it was Decore. It could be it was Damari Gray. Remember that match? I do yeah. now. Oh yes. And yes. then they played toward the end of the season and at Everton, Everton had like three or four huge chances on set pieces early. And then Gundawan scored just before half and then before you blinked it was 3-0 City. And yep. the total XG in the match was 1.6 for Everton, 0.8 for City. Total shots were 9-7. And City won 3-0 as a road favorite. And I was sitting there with both teams to score and plus one and a half, just ready to jump off a bridge. Uh, so, yeah. But no, I mean, that's funny. You know, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to wait and see like what, what the status is. Those players matter a lot to how good City is because they don't really have a big shot person to replace Holland. Or De Bruyne, as we've seen, that their performances have taken a dip considerably if you compare their numbers this year to the numbers like Scott talked about earlier, uh, or like I said with Scott earlier, like the corresponding fixtures. Um, City's pretty solidly down in XG created and XG allowed. I think not having De Bruyne and Holland's a big, big part of that for part of those games. Palace. Yeah. God love I will Palace. Say I, I will, can I also say, I, I know you guys recorded and talked about the Palace match against Brian coming up. Palace hasn't has been as bad as their results, like no. at all. So they're gonna get better too. They, yeah, they're they're a team to start scooping up here in this Chelsea match on uh, over the Boxing Day period. They're playing the twenty seventh. Not a bad spot. This will be their match against Brighton is the first time that Eze and Elise will be playing together this season, uh, which is optimal for Crystal Palace's ability to break and transition and actually create chances. Um, Good thing I have the under. <laughs> it's true. But um, no, I, I mean, the, the biggest thing we always talk about with Crystal Palace, like Decore being out kind of sucks, but um, defensive solidity, like they're, they're, for a team that's, you know, in the middle of the table, like there's not a better team with defensive solidity. The fact that their back four has all been playing together for about two years uh, is obviously massive when you're going to be sitting at a low defensive block for most of the match. And they've done a great job their last few matches. I mean, they played Liverpool and City. Allowed 1.2 to Liverpool and 1.6 xG to City. Like that's, like that's impressive stuff. Like that, yeah, they that can't go on, uh, ignored. So, um, yeah. And with the Chelsea team, like Anthony said, it was playing down a man against a Newcastle, only to be able to create you know one expected goal. Like it's, it's going to be a struggle. I wish we could get Palace at plus one and a half or not. It's we're not betting at plus one. Um, but yeah, I agree with you guys. Palace and and maybe Everton. Okay. Uh. Unless there's another match you guys want to touch on there. Uh, Let's pepper on. Uh, Like I said, Syria is also kicking around uh, over the weekend. The other two or three leagues of the Big Five are off. And you 
each have a, a play in Italy. Uh, BJ, what do you got? Yeah, Monza, Friday. There's four Friday matches in Syria. I'll, I'll take Monza, Giorno Bet, plus 110 against Fiorentina. I talked about Fiorentina last week when uh, they you know, were playing Verona, but really just an offense that has drastically overperformed this season, really not having great process numbers, but just not creating much once they get into the final third, only averaging around 1.2 non-penalty XG for 90 minutes, which is puts them in the bottom 10 of Serie A. It's going to be a very interesting match because both these teams really want to hold possession, slow build up out of the back. Um, but if you just look at straight expected goal differential, Monza's at minus 3.9 and Fiorentina's at minus 3. So I don't think there's really a reason why Fiorentina should be a road favorite here. So I like Monza drawing a bet at plus 110. Yeah, I like Bologna drawing a bet around even money at home against Atalanta. Uh, Bologna's been considerably improved. Xerxes, the Bayern, uh, you know, former Bayern guy, 12 goal involvements for him this year, carried them to a win against Inter in the Coppa Italia this week. Uh, he has been kind of the attack, and it's enabled them to be extremely passive out of possession and be really, really good defensively. Uh, and that, I think, is the key, right? So they're a top five defense by every, you know, metric in Serie A from, uh, you know, an on-penalty XG and, and uh, XG per set piece allowed. And then attacking-wise, like, they are very good on the break. And Atalanta has been so low event this year. You know, I almost you know, long for the old days of Gasparini. They've been much more defensive. Um, and it's led to them just kind of being solidly like the seventh best team in Italy, which is fine. You know, they're a good team. But Bologna's right there with them. So why is it a pick them at home? Uh, I like Bologna. Okay, uh, let's get on to uh, our three-leg three underdog parlay. Hey, if ever there's a time to hit one, uh, it's right now in <laughs> Christmas coming up uh, for a lot of listeners. Maybe put some of that uh, holiday money back in your pockets with a 67-1 underdog. Come close a couple times uh, this season. Obviously, last season we hit the big one. Pretty close to, to the holidays. So uh, maybe some some uh, some fairy dust on this one, BJ. And what a team to start it off with. Everton, 3-1, to one, Michael. I mean, this is a great matchup for them. You know, for a Tottenham team that's going to be missing a lot of key players, uh, for, you know, Everton, who has been really, really good in transition de- transition offense, especially getting the ball into wide areas, completed the most crosses of anybody in the Premier League, uh, into the penalty area, where Tottenham's going to build out in 2-3-5, which leaves a lot of space out wide, giving Everton exactly what they want to do. And the Everton defense has been drastically improved this season, allowing the fewest big scoring chances in the Premier League. Great, great spot here for Everton. Three to one on the road against Tottenham. Burnley, four to one. Take it on Fulham. Uh, this is one of those classic matches where the odds are just way too wide uh, and giving way too much respect to a team that is below mediocre. Uh, that being Fulham, we're getting to the point where Burnley's going to need to start picking up these kind of wins uh if they have any hope of of surviving and i like to match up here because i don't really think fulham can punish them not a good offensive team as anthony said earlier missing their only striker their only reliable striker if you can call him that so yeah this is it burnley uh up the clarets plus 400 and anthony what do you got genoa plus 240 against a swallow uh this is swallow attack is all pixie dust. Uh, they've gotten nine goals from Domenico Berardi, 29-year-old striker. If you watch Berardi, he's a pretty good player. But he's at 0.18 non-penalty XG per 90 this year, and he has nine goals in 12.890s. And it's not just finishing. He's had five penalties. This Sassuolo attack is bottom three in shot quality, bottom three in shot distance, their attack is entirely based on the fact that they've had a couple of really good penalty calls and a ton of penalty luck for a team that doesn't even have the ball in the opponent's penalty area that much. And defensively, Genoa is one of the best teams in Serie A. They do not concede high-quality chances. They do not concede a lot of shots. Uh, the Genoa attack is nothing to write home about, but just given how lucky the Sassuolo attack's been and how overvalued they are generally as a result of that, um, like I said, even with all of the crazy penalty luck they've had this year, they still have a much worse expected goal differential than Genoa. And if you remove penalties from the sample entirely, uh, Genoa, a league average team, Sassuolo minus 0.45 per 90. So I do not believe in this Sassuolo team. I like Genoa plus 240. 67-1 on that one. If it comes through, hopefully it does. Uh, For all of our sakes, as we head 
into Christmas. BJ and I have have children, so my money is jingling these days. BJ, it's it gets pretty expensive around these parts. Um, oh yeah. On to best bets now for the upcoming Premier League slate. Anthony, in a, you're, are you going to go with Liverpool? No. Do it. Fulham, we, talked, we talked you out of it. No, it was never going to be my we best bet. We talked you out of it. My best bet is Fulham, Burnley, under two and a half at plus <laughs> one and five. Uh, mainly oh, because you guys man. took the two that I really wanted, or at least Michael took the no, one the two, that I really no, wanted. Really so. want. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Yep. And the, BJ is going to be wrong on his, but I I like uh, this under because I think that if you want to play against Fulham right now, it's playing against the attack at the peak of the market. They've gotten this huge market upgrade. I don't really want to bet Burnley. I don't really trust Burnley's attack, but I also think Fulham without uh, an actual striker is going to struggle to create chances against this Burnley team that can keep enough defensive possession um, to make this an ugly, ugly game. So uh, give me the under two and a half in that game. Everton uh, on the money line, plus 300. Should be able to uh, take advantage of a very helter-skelter uh, Spurs defense. And uh, this Everton defense on its own is worth betting on. Uh, so BJ talked about it quite a bit in his underdog statement. No need to keep going into why. It would be the fifth time we talked about this Everton bet. Uh, so I think you've heard enough about it. BJ. Arsenal. Draw no bet. Plus 110 against Liverpool. I don't see in this matchup how Arsenal is the worst team here. You could give Liverpool a little bit of home field advantage, but I think the matchup for Liverpool is quite terrible. There's only been one team that Liverpool has played this season where they've had to step up in the class of competition of which Arsenal is, and that's against Manchester City. And in that match, they were really, really poor out of possession. They basically, their press was basically non-existent. They sat in a low defensive block. They allowed City to create two expected goals. And the flip side of this is, is that Arsenal right now is probably the best out-of-possession team in the entire world with their pressing and in their rest defense. They're only allowing 0.72 non-penalty expected goals per 90 minutes, only six big scoring chances allowed. They're really good in transition defense. So Arsenal's probably going to control this match. They're probably going to tilt the field in Liverpool, and Liverpool's going to try to beat them in transition. But again, they're playing the best transition t- team, defensive team, maybe in the world right now. So I think it's a very difficult matchup here for Liverpool at home and one that they're not going to be ready uh, ready for, similar to how Brighton wasn't ready for, how Arsenal pressed them. So I love my Gunners. Jarno bet, plus 110. I have them projected as a road favorite. And I, at this stage of the season, they are a better team than Liverpool. All right, that does it for this episode of Wonder Goal presented to you by Bet365. It's always fun uh, watching these Boxing Day fixtures, betting on them. Uh, it's a great time to be a soccer punter. So uh, we hope you all have a great holiday season. And, and a big part of that holiday season is, is winning some bets, either fading or following us. Uh, so for Anthony and BJ, have a very happy holidays. Uh, and we'll see you on the other side. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.